Traders Point Online, welcome. Hey, my name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors around here. And if this is your first time interacting with us, we're so thankful that you are. And if you're up for it, we would love to have you go check out our website, tpcc.org. And here's just some of the things that you'll find over there. For parents that are tuning in, we have a special on-demand service for kids, birth through sixth grade. Like I said, it's on-demand. So whenever you're ready, it will be ready for you. And some other stuff that's there for all of our students, seventh through 12th grade, student ministry has completely moved online. We are Zooming Sunday night, 7 p.m. All the links, all the information you need is right there on our website. And it's even so much more than that. All of the updates we put out throughout the week, our COVID-19 response page, our Make a Difference page, it is all right there. I'm telling you, tpcc.org. Well, hey, I'm super excited about today. We're jumping into a new series of messages called Waymaker. Aaron Brockett, our lead pastor, is gonna be preaching today. So wherever you are, whether you're in a living room, a kitchen, bedroom, bathroom, yeah, I said it. I know right now there are people watching from the bathroom and I'm oddly okay with it. But wherever you are, lean in, lock in as we dive into the message. Hey everyone, I'm so glad that you could join us online wherever you may happen to be tuning in from around the world. In fact, I'm so grateful for technology like this that allows us to be connected together when we can't physically gather. And I'd love just to celebrate last weekend. Uh, last weekend, we had 10 times the number of people engage with us online than we do on a normal weekend. And so I just think that that's amazing. Uh, today, we're beginning a brand new three-part series of messages called Waymaker. And if you recognize that word, it's because we've been singing a song around here lately with that title. That's the title of the song. And in fact, the lyric goes like this. God is a miracle worker, he's a promise keeper, he's a light in the darkness. That is who he is. And right now more than ever, we need a fresh understanding and a reassurance of who God is in these uncertain times. And so this is gonna lead us all the way up through Easter weekend. You know, right now, every single day, we get these news reports that uh, tell us about the increasing cases of COVID-19 around our nation, and around the world. What we don't get a daily statistic on is the increasing cases of fear, worry, stress, and anxiety. And, and if we were to get a report on those, uh, my, my guess is that those are reaching epidemic proportions as well. See, today, maybe you're not as concerned about catching the virus as maybe some are, but you are deeply concerned about the, the growing uh, stress that you feel. Maybe it's the disruption in our daily routines. It's the economic impact that all of this is causing. Maybe it's the uncertainty about the future or the feelings of isolation that you're going through right now. And that's enough to increase all of our levels of anxiety. In fact, maybe even right now, you're even beginning to, to question God. One time in uh, Mark chapter four, after a long day of exhausting ministry, Jesus gets into the boat with his disciples and he goes below deck and he falls asleep. And as he's asleep, this unexpected storm just comes out of nowhere. And the storm is raging and the wind is blowing and the waves are crashing. 
The rain is coming down. The disciples, they, they begin to panic and they run below deck to where Jesus is. And, and what do they find Jesus doing? Well, Jesus isn't pacing. Uh, Jesus isn't uh, worried. He's not sitting there wringing his fingers. Jesus is sleeping. And the disciples question him right there in that moment. And they say, Jesus, don't you care about this storm that we're in? And maybe right now that question deeply resonates with your heart and mind. Because right now there are some of you and you've worked so hard for this business and now you're at risk of losing it. And so you cry out to God and you say, God, don't you care? God, right now, how are we supposed to care for our medical professionals who are on the front lines of this thing? And they, they don't have the, the face masks and the ventilators and the supplies that they need to do their job. God, don't you care? God, how am I supposed to manage working from home when my kids are going to school at home? God, how am I supposed to get along with my brothers and sisters when we're always under the same roof together without any, any break or routine? God, this new normal is almost unbearable. Don't you care? God, somebody that I love has a medical emergency and they were rushed to the hospital, but because of this virus, we're not allowed to be with them right now. God, don't you care? God, this was my senior year and I was so looking forward to graduation and, and prom and, and now all of that just kind of seems to have evaporated. God, don't you care? God, these retirement years were supposed to be our best years. But now due to the economic uncertainty, we're not quite sure what tomorrow holds. God, don't you care? And maybe as you begin to feel that question in your heart and your mind, and maybe you've even vocalized it, it's, it's come across your lips, you, you feel a little bit of tinge of guilt in questioning God. And I just want to tell you right now, please don't feel guilty for questioning God. It's okay. In fact, God invites it. In fact, that's when Jesus shows up in Mark chapter four, when the disciples had the courage and the transparency to question him. And they rush below deck and they wake Jesus up and they say, Jesus, don't you care? And it was right there in that moment that when Jesus acted and he did a miracle and Jesus stood up and he said to the storm, knock it off, be still. And the storm obeyed him. And right now today, we need a miracle. We need a miracle worker. And I believe that God is a way maker. He's gonna make a way. He already is making a way for us through these really, really challenging times. And maybe today you, you believe that in your head, but you're like, Aaron, I wanna believe that, but, but, but how's he gonna do it? And when is he gonna do it? And I think that one of the reasons why this season that we're in is so painful and fear inducing Here's what's happening to all of us is that we are being forced away from self-reliance to complete reliance upon God. We, we are self-reliant people. If we have a challenge or we're facing some sort of a crisis, we're like, tell us what to do. We'll develop uh, some solutions. We're going to go after this and we're going to knock it out. But I think one of the things that's unusual about this is that we don't have a lot of answers and we're told to stay at home. And so we, we can't just rely upon ourselves. So much of this is outside of our control. And right now, I just want to invite you to lean into God now more than ever. And maybe that's hard for some of you because maybe you don't believe in God or maybe this is rocking your faith in God. 
And so in those moments of doubt, what we need is we need a clear understanding of who God really is. We need to examine the the attributes or the characteristics of God, and those can only be found in the names for God. You know, I... uh, I, I don't know about you, but I always kind of grew up thinking that God's name was, was pretty straightforward. You know, his name is God and it means God and, you know, that's about it. But actually, God has a whole bunch of names. There are 23 compound names in the Bible given for God. Names like El Elyon and El Shaddai. There are, more than 20, there are more than 40 compound names given for Jehovah. Uh, names like Jehovah Shalom and Jehovah Jireh. Those are at least the ones that I can pronounce. And so the, the question is, why does God have all of these names? Like, why is it necessary for God to, to have a whole bunch of different names? Does he just get bored? Is he sort of like the artist formerly known as Prince or, or Puff Daddy or P. Diddy or whatever he's calling himself nowadays? Does God just get bored and he changes his name because of that? Well, that's not the reason why God has all these, these names. God has various names for, for a couple of primary reasons. The name actually describes his relationship with people. Um, I have uh, several different names that I go by. Uh, my name is Aaron, but my uh, kids call me dad or, or daddy. Um, a whole bunch of you call me Pastor Aaron. Uh, some of my close friends call me AB. Uh, my, my wife, uh, she calls me babe. That's, that's my favorite one. And, and not everybody calls me by the same name. Uh, the name actually defines and describes to a certain extent the relationship that I have with you as, as a person. And that's one of the reasons why God has different names. See, his desire for us is to to know him and to know him better. And so he gives us these different names that helps us in our relationship with him. David one time wrote this in Psalm chapter nine, verse 10. He said, those who, who know your name, trust in you. See, God doesn't just ask you to trust in him blindly. God's trust that he asks of you is directly connected to his character and the name describes his character. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous, they run to it and they are safe. I think another interesting thing to know is that not only does the, the names of God describe the relationship that he has, But God also is um, describing the need that we have as people. So when we have a certain need and we cry out to him, God gives uh, another one of his names and he says, I will meet that need. So for example, if we are in need of healing, and right now I think that we are, God says to us that he is our Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. Right now, if we're in need of peace, which we are right now. God says, well, I am Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Right now, if we are in need of of real community and we're feeling isolated and alone, God says, I am Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there. The name of God comes out of the need of the people. And the name that describes God tells us how he is going to meet that need. And every time we have a need, There's always something that precedes it. And it's this luminous thing that that really is what's striking fear in so many of our hearts. It's uncertainty. And if you read through the history of the nation of Israel, 
Uncertainty was the culprit. See, the, the whole desert experience that they went through was because of the uncertainty behind it. These were people that wanted to know, where, where are we going? And um, what is the answer? And when will we emerge through this challenge? And in the last couple of weeks, in, in talking and, and hearing from a variety of people, so many of us feel helpless right now because everything just sort of feels out of our control. And we wonder, you know, what, what, what can we really do? In Exodus chapter three, there was a leader named Moses and, and he felt this way. And God asked Moses to step up in uncertain times and to be a leader. And Moses' head was filled with all sorts of doubt. And he was uncertain about his ability to actually make any sort of difference at all. And God responded to Moses and he encouraged Moses, not by saying, hey man, it's, it's just gonna be okay. God, God didn't give Moses a pep talk and say, hey, just dig deep, reel down inside and, and find the strength that you need. God didn't look at Moses and say, Moses, you are good enough and you are smart enough and doggone it, Moses, people love you. That's not what God said. God looked at Moses and he gave Moses a name for who he is. And this is what God said. God said, Moses, I am. And that might seem a little vague and you might read that and go, well, what in the world is that supposed to mean? But that is anything but vague. God was being crystal clear right there in that moment. He is saying through this name that he is the one everlasting true God, that he has no beginning and no end, that he is whatever you need at any point in time, no matter what you're going through. He is Yahweh, the God who is. And in that name, we discover that the strength and the power that we need right now is not found from trying to muster it up from within, but it's by leaning into who God is. And he says to us as a people, I am, I am what you need. In, those, in these days of uncertainty, when we're not quite sure what tomorrow will bring, God says, would you lean into me? Would you bring your uncertainties to me? There was a uh, Dutch experiment done a, a number of years ago in which they separated volunteers into two groups of people. And the, the first group was gonna receive 20 intense electric shocks. Now, I just have to stop right there and say, who in the world volunteers for this? Like we have a hard time getting people to volunteer in our kids ministry, but apparently there are people volunteering to get intense electric shocks. But anyway, that's what they did. And uh, the second group of people, they, they are told that they're gonna receive three intense shocks and 17 very mild shocks. But, but here's the catch. They're not gonna know when they're gonna get the three intense shocks. And here's what the research showed. Those who only received three intense shocks as opposed to the 20, they demonstrated more physiological stress and anxiety by sweating, having a rapid heartbeat than those who endured the 20 shocks. And the reason why is because they didn't know when the three were coming. You see what that's showing us? It wasn't actually about what was happening to them, but it was about the uncertainty of when it would happen. And I think the most difficult thing about this virus and this global crisis that we're in is the uncertainty that it brings and all the questions that it stirs up in our hearts and minds. How many more cases will there be today? How many more deaths are on the horizon? How much longer 
Will this go on? Will will my loved ones be safe? What's going to happen to my job or my business? Those are very real questions. But I want to encourage you with this. Like if you stay in that uncertainty for very long, what happens is it begins to breed fear. And fear is the real enemy here, not the virus. See, fear is what causes people to panic. Fear is what causes people to worry. Fear is what causes people to hoard food and supplies. And and listen to me, Trader's Point, we are not a people of fear. The, The number one command in God's word is two words. It's fear not. And it is given to us 365 times. And I don't think that that is an accident. I think that's intentional. I think God knew that every single day when we wake up, not just when we're in a crisis, but when we wake up, there's always something that could potentially, we we could be fearful of. And God says to us, listen, I, I don't want you to be a people that live in fear. I want you to be a people that lean into me and trust me. I love what a guy named John Acuff says about fear. He says, fear is a feeling. Afraid is a choice. When fear shows up, I feel it fully, but then I have the choice to stay in it or choose hope. And some days I have to choose hope a thousand times. And I agree with what he's saying, that fear is a feeling and it's very natural to feel that fear, but afraid is a choice. And whenever you begin to feel fear, I wanna encourage you to choose hope. And you choose hope, not blindly, you choose hope by really clinging to who God says he is in these moments, by rehearsing his attributes, by remembering his character, by remembering how he's come through for you in the past, by rehearsing his name in your heart and in your mind. So how do you choose hope? Well, it's by taking all of that uncertainty that we all feel and it's taking the energy of that and channeling it into love. And we begin to love other people really well through this crisis. So I want you to understand this is that the opposite of fear isn't faith. The opposite of fear is love. In fact, God's word tells us that perfect love drives out fear. And God is a miracle worker. And I believe that he is already at work in this. I believe that God is working miracles and will work miracles. You've heard me say that we will come through this together. It may not be overnight, but God is gonna do some tremendous things in and through this. And I think that the way in which he's gonna do it is by showing us that, that we can love each other really, really well. God is going to work miracles through his people as we comfort people and as we reassure people and as we reach out in selfless love to meet the needs of others. Did you know that the word uh, comfort comes from two Latin terms, uh, con and forte, and it just simply means this, to, to make strong together. That when we comfort one another, what we're doing is we're, we're strengthening each other that we are being strong together. Now, we might be told to stay home and to socially isolate, but now more than ever, we need each other like never before. We need to offer words of comfort. We need to pray for one another. We need to encourage each other so that we can be made strong together. That's literally what it means. I love what Paul writes to a church in Corinth when they were going through a very similar crisis. And he says to the church in Corinth in chapter one, verses three through four, God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. 
He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. See, wherever hardships may be, God proves to be near. And God is near in and through his people. And now more than ever, the church needs to step into this crisis and to bring the hope that comes through Jesus Christ. I'm so proud of our church family and I wanna continue just to give you updates about what, what it is that we're doing. You know, right now, uh, we wanna be a light in our city. In fact, um, later this afternoon, I'm gonna jump on a Zoom call with uh, pastors all over the city of Indianapolis and we're gonna encourage one another and pray for one another and see what we can do to partner together. Uh, you've all have donated 6,000, over 6,000 food items so that we can keep our food banks replenished. And as those shelves begin to empty, we wanna tell you how to safely donate so that way we can continue to keep those food pantries full. Uh, right now, we wanna serve our foster families and vulnerable children in our city. Th that's not gonna change. And so you can go to our Amazon wish list where there's a number of items that you can purchase and we will try to get those into the hands of foster families so that they can serve children. Um, we are uh, actively talking to city officials and influencers in our city about how we can use our facilities to try to, to help, whether that's offering uh, daycare to uh, the children of medical workers, whether that's providing a safe haven, maybe for the homeless or people who really need shelter. We, we are just constantly asking, how can we as a church be of service in our city during this time to bring people hope? And I wanna thank you all for your generosity and I wanna thank you for your prayers and your encouragement as we seek to make a difference in this world in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, when you look back on church history, you see that when Christianity got started, it was just a very small group of people. It was a very small percentage of the Roman empire, but it grew into a movement. And you've got to ask yourself, how did it grow from such a, a small group of people into such a, an influential movement? And part of the answer to that is that it took a couple of pandemics. In fact, pandemics, have always been a time in which God's people stepped up and pointed people to the hope that could be found in Jesus. In fact, in AD 260, while Marcus Aurelius was emperor, a plague struck and some have thought that it was smallpox and over a 15 year period, it killed a quarter to a third of the Roman empire. And their estimates at the time was that there were about 45,000 Christians in Rome that equaled up to about 0.08% of the empire. And despite their small numbers, their response to the pandemic won admiration and a greater following. In fact, Dionysius, the Bishop of Alexandria reported this. He said, most of our brother and sister Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. And with them departed this life serenely happy for they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. Many in nursing and curing others transferred their death to themselves and died in their stead. Now that's a bit sobering and I'm not suggesting that we need to unnecessarily put ourselves in harm's way. But what I am wanting you to notice there 
is that it was Christ followers who were the first to rush to the front lines. It was Christ followers who stepped up. They didn't shrink back. And I've been in contact with a number of our medical professionals, doctors and nurses that are in our hospitals here in our city that are a part of our church family. That's exactly what they're doing. They're putting themselves in harm's way. They're leaning in. I've been praying over them, praying for their health, praying for their safety. But right now, church, is when we step into this. Right now is when we don't, we don't succumb to fear. We hold on to hope and we point people to the hope that can be found in Jesus. We take the energy of our fear and we turn it into love. And we love others with this love of Jesus Christ that he has so richly given to us. See, Christians were different throughout history and today we need to be different as well. See, the, one of the worst things that could happen to us might be one of the best things that could happen in us and through us. I heard uh, Pastor Andy Stanley say something very similar to this this last week, but I, I took it and, and I changed some of the verbiage to make it my own, but I really love this idea. See, when the story of COVID-19 is just a story that we tell, let's make sure that our stories are stories we're proud to tell. In other words, one day in the future, when we look back on these trying times, and we, it's just a story that we tell. May we be proud of the stories we tell. May we talk about how it produced a greater faith and a greater hope and a greater love within us. May it be one of the finest hours for the church as we lead more and more people to the hope that can be found in Jesus. You know, I think during these times, a lot of lessons can be learned from our friends in third world countries. I know the, the first time that I ever traveled to a third world country, I was totally unprepared for what I was gonna see. I was unprepared for the abject poverty that I was gonna be exposed to. And what was really um, jarring and eye-opening for me, it wasn't necessarily the little shanties that people called home. It wasn't the, 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 the mom who had HIV, who was caring for five kids on less than a dollar a day. It wasn't that family was mourning the loss as malaria had wiped out so much of their family. What was really eye-opening to me was worshiping with them and going with them to church and, and standing there worshiping, watching these people just joyfully cry out to God. And then the pastor would say something that, that maybe you've heard in church before. The pastor looked out at all these people and he said these words, God is good. And they said back with such joy in their faces, all the time. And then he would say, all the time. And they would say, God is good. And that was so humbling for me because I sat there and here it was, I had so much. And I wasn't facing the financial needs that they had or the health needs that they had. And yet I couldn't bring myself to say those words with as much joy as they did. And so now, is one of our finest moments to demonstrate the hope that we have in Jesus, to not succumb to fear, but to lean into love. And could we as a church right now be able to say with such joy in uncertain times that God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. Let me pray. Father, we come to you right now and I just ask that you would bless the people on the other side of that screen as they are engaging with this time of worship. God, I know that uh, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty in the world right now. And 
We need to be honest about what it is that we're feeling, but that we need to channel that to you. And God, right now, more than ever, we cry out to you and we lean into who you are and your character and your attributes. And we rehearse your names, that you are the God who heals. You are the God who intervenes. You are the God who wants to make a difference. And God, right now, we need a miracle worker. And we know that you are gonna actively do miracles in and through us as a people, and we don't wanna miss it. So God, may we be awakened by your spirit to what it is that you wanna do in these days. See, in moments of crisis like this, there's a lot of mourning, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of things that we're losing right now, but there's also a lot of opportunities. And there's also a lot of, of things that we're gaining right now. And there's gonna be new things that you're gonna do by your spirit and through the power of your word that wouldn't have ever happened if we hadn't have been walking through this crisis. So Father, right now I pray that you would give strength to people who really need it. That if somebody right now is feeling themselves succumb to fear, I ask that your Holy Spirit would minister to them and give them courage and strength to lean into you and to hold on to love as we seek to get through this together. And God, we believe that you are good all the time, even in the midst of a crisis like this. And all the time, you are good. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. What a powerful message that our God is a comforter, our God provides strength, and we just wanna put this out there right now that God is available to you right now, no matter where you are. And take a moment and to lean into that, to talk to God before you move on to the next thing. And just ask some questions that you have going on in your head. Like, what is it that I'm thinking? What is it that I'm feeling? And is there anything that I need to do in this moment? This is also a great time if you're a follower of Jesus to take communion. And I know what you're thinking, like how do we take communion when we don't have those pre-packaged communion sets that we get at church? I'm with you, I miss those too. But really, you can use anything, any piece of bread, any cracker, oyster, saltine, Ritz, like just grab whatever you have at home, any juice, it will all work. It's not about what you use, but about what you focus on in this moment. The bread and the juice, they represent all that Jesus has done for us, his sacrifice. Today, take some time communing with God. He is our comforter. He's made that overly clear, and he's also put it out there that we are here to comfort one another. If you're watching today and you're going through something, you're struggling, or maybe you just wanna have a conversation and, and have someone pray with you, or maybe today's the day that you're saying, I wanna follow Jesus. Whatever you're going through, we want you to know we are here for you. You can go to tpcc.org prayer, and someone from our staff will be in touch this week. And we are here for you and we are here for our city. Like Aaron mentioned in his sermon, there've been multiple things that we've been able to step into just this week alone. From the food items we were able to donate to opening up one of our campuses to the Amazon wish list, all of those are on our website if you want more information, tpcc.org. And if you're already giving, we just wanna say thank you. And if today's the day that you wanna start, you can go to tpcc.org slash give, or you can just go straight to our app. Well, hey, if today was hopeful and helpful for you, we would love for you to share this message. Share it with your friends and family, and then invite them to watch next Sunday's service with you. And as always, follow us on all social media platforms for updates moving forward. Hey, let's go love this city. Let's be the church they need in this season.